0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Roost Podcast. As always, I am Carter Byers, here with my co host Matthew Bartlett, the founder and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for sports news analysis. Well, all right, we are uh, continuing with our uh, previews for the 2021 Rice Football season this week. We've got on uh, Matthew Bruni from Mean Green 247, who's going to uh, talk North Texas with us uh, in a little bit. But uh, before then, uh we've got some big news uh some very big news I would say in that uh rice has landed a transfer quarterback who um going off his high school ranking would be a fairly easily uh the most highly ranked commitment in rice history uh that is uh Luke McCaffrey um if the name is familiar but you are not uh a, you don't have it like a spreadsheet of all of them this is the youngest brother of uh Carolina Panthers running back and uh, former Stanford star
1: Christian McCaffrey. So yeah, uh, this is a big deal. Yeah, am I am I late with the the drum roll to kind of or we need trumpets? How do you how do you announce this? We we contemplated doing an emergency podcast when this news came out because, like you said, this is this is kind of big deal. And and I know we both have takes, plenty of takes about
0: how important <laughs> how
1: important. And and how big this uh, commitment is going to be? I don't know if we've had quite this reaction to a commitment yet. Uh, under at least the the Mike Bloomgren era uh, of Rice football, I know we've been excited about a couple, but this one is kind of feels like it's on a different level.
0: It uh, Rice transfers to Rice don't normally get ah uh, newsers from like ESPN and the Athletic and like Yahoo and. It's usually not...
1: uh, Yeah, I had people telling me, yeah, I found out on ESPN, like SportsCenter was on, and that's how I saw it. Okay.
0: Um, You know, we have been saying for ages that the thing that has been missing on this team for the last couple of years is a quarterback. It's kind of the one spot where there hasn't been, you know, there's been steady play at times, but uh not consistently at the level the team needs to really be successful and when you can go out at that spot easily the most important spot on the field for any team the guy that touches the ball on every single offensive play and you can go and out and get a player who is uh, the most highly rated recruit in your program's history at that position that uh that's that's notable it's notable
1: yeah cuz uh, up to this point I think Jake Bailey when he signed a couple years ago I think he was the number 4 or number number 3 or 4 player yeah and as far as the highest rated player Rice had signed and keep in mind uh, this is the 247 like sports composite so it goes back to like early 2000s 2002 3 something like that so it, at least in the modern Rice history so Jake Bailey came in at, at 3 or 4 and then last year Lowell Narcisse was actually up there for Lowell Narcisse. Uh, Lamont Narcisse, the corner who Rice signed. <laughs> Not the UTSA quarterback. We still have but... UTSA on the brain. Right. Uh, thank you, Jared, for coming out of the pod last week. That was a lot of fun. But Lamont was, was up there for a while. He fell down the ranks late, and Gabe Taylor actually came up and took the spot. And so Gabe Taylor is the currently the highest-rated player Rice has ever signed. Transfers don't count in how they do those rankings. So you won't see McCaffrey listed on the, the top top 10. But uh, just going by pure rating uh, as came out of high school, uh, he is a four star recruit. And uh, just to put this in perspective, and uh, I don't know if this made it. I did kind of a reaction piece. Uh, if you're not subscribing on Patreon, uh, you will not want to miss uh, recruiting things that it's, it's a fun time right now. But I did a, a reaction piece for uh, our patrons, and I put in there that Rice offered, just for some perspective, uh, Rice offered four, including McCaffrey, four, four-star or higher-rated players in the 2021 recruiting cycle, uh, in which, in all total, they offered 71 players. So four of those players were of the, the athletic caliber. I'm not saying it means pure success on the field, but, but of that pedigree coming out, uh, because Rice doesn't historically get players of that of that level of talent. So uh, it's pro- probably telling that that 55 of the 71 offers were three stars. That's kind of where Rice is laying in the mid to high three stars is great for, for wh- what Rice is swinging and beating out, you know. Uh, a couple Power 5 programs here and there, but you're talking about a kid who was heavily recruited out of high school by several power five programs, ended up choosing between Nebraska and Michigan and ended up at Nebraska and did pretty well against big 10 competition. Um, we, we, we will have plenty of time to to break through the, the nitty gritty of the numbers, but uh, you're talking about a, a talent that was able to excel. Uh, I don't know how much you have <laughs> overdrive overdriven and, and run through Luke McCaffrey tape so far, Uh, But he has a couple highlight runs against Ohio State that were pretty exciting. And I hear they have a pretty good defense. So this it's all good news.
0: So I have already now crunched like mostly in the form of like condensed, uh, you know, cut ups of all his plays from games and the like 40 minute versions of whole games on YouTube because it turns out that when you're looking for tape of full games, it's a lot easier to find Nebraska than it is Rice. Who would have thought this is shocking? Um, yeah, so so thanks to the good people on YouTube who have done that legwork, but uh, so I've now watched a, a ton of McCaffrey's tape, and uh, you watch him, and we've talked before on the show about how there are a lot of college football players at every level who who were high school quarterbacks that go on to switch positions because they played a, they played quarterback in high school because they were the best athlete in the field on the field, and their team just wanted them to touch the ball on every play. And you watch Christian, you watch, sorry, Luke McCaffrey.
1: Uh, We'll take Christian, too. Is he having any eligibility
0: left? Yeah, if he wants to to come back and play for his old offensive coordinator, we'll take it. But uh, you watch McCaffrey, and he looks like that type of player. Like, you can tell that the reason he's playing this position is because that's what he played growing up. Because his teams wanted the ball in his hands. So he is not the most natural passer, certainly from the pocket. I actually think he's a lot more natural and fluid and accurate when he's throwing on the run than he is uh, from inside the pocket. But, I mean, this is a guy who who looks like just an athlete playing quarterback and then is turning the corner against guys from Penn State, guys from Ohio State, who, if we're, refer- if we're referencing recruiting rankings on 247, uh, those are two teams. Uh, Bud Elliott just released his blue chip ratio uh, piece for to the 2021 season. Teams that reach a, a threshold of 50% or higher, where that a roster is made up of more four and five star prospects than three star or lower, and basically his his concept is these are the teams who can possibly win a national title, and that's been true going back like the entire history of recruiting rankings. So this is a guy who. On the run, scrambling, making something out of nothing sometimes, is bottled up and can break free and turn the corner and get to the edge against guys at Penn State and Ohio State and basically any other Big Ten defense.
1: So So you're saying if he can do it against Penn State, he can probably do it against North Texas?
0: Probably so, yeah. He is certainly someone who has work to do as a passer. Uh, he's not gonna be the guy that that stands back there and dissects a defense and makes, you know, surgical throws into tight coverage and just just wows you with his his incredible accuracy. But just an athlete of this caliber touching the ball every play for Rice, assuming he wins the starting quarterback job, that's a game changer changer. Because even if I mean, first of all, one, I watched a number of plays where Teams slow played the zone read against him to try to force the give or something like that. And he kept the ball anyway. And the edge defender was there in position to make the play. And he just just ran past him. He's just he just has that kind of burst and speed. And second, okay, if teams want to play, let's put like eight guys in the box. Let's have a guy on the give, let's have a guy on the handoff, because Coach Tuohy, here's a free one for you. You better be running some option plates with this guy because you want him to run the football when he's got it. But, okay, if they devote all the resources to that, he doesn't have to be that accurate because that is going to be Brad Rosner
1: can go up and get it.
0: Yeah. All you got to do is you're going to get one-on-ones all day. With Rosner and uh, and Andrew Mates and, and uh and Jake Bailey underneath and and whoever else we can get uh, to be catching the ball for this Bryce team because they've got a lot of options. Like those guys are going to have one on ones all day
1: if yeah, McCaffrey
0: is in the backfield.
1: And I think you mentioned that the high school example uh, for those of you who who don't go grind much film or, or pull up high school quarterback recruits or actually people who played quarterback in high school and you just go watch it uh, if you go pull up go pull up McCaffrey or pull up anybody it, you can you cannot know football and watch and be like oh he moves at a different speed he's just different than everybody else on the field and you can kind of see why they're the D1 athlete and then a handful most of the other players on the field are not when you if you take a player that is Big 10 caliber and you transport him to conference USA like you're saying Carter you're going to see that kind of difference and i think beyond just the athleticism point, which we're both really excited about. I was having a conversation earlier today and I'm, who knows officially when or if, if I say uh, McCaffrey will be named the starter, but I have a pretty, I feel pretty strongly that he he has the best shot to win the starting job and probably at a fall camp, I would would guesstimate after the spring that we saw. Uh, But regardless, uh, he will be, the seventh quarterback to start a game for rice since 2018 and that's crazy uh, mike collins wiley green Giovanni johnson Giovanni johnson evan marshman got a, st- a start starting there tom, tom stewart and sean stankavich stankavich so and the craziest part yet is most of those were either injury fill ins or band aid or band aid replacements for a year. You're talking three grad transfers in there that were brought in to win the job for a year. McCaffrey has four years of eligibility left.
0: Yeah. He, uh, so he registered, he played in a couple games, but uh, that was the, I guess, the first year or the second year of the four year of the four game redshirt in 2019 when he was his true freshman year. Uh, he played seven games for Nebraska in 2020, but Everyone gets a free year, so four years,
1: and-, and then and with the added kicker of the instant or the the eligibility transfer rules that are going into effect this summer of uh, this is his free transfer, so he'll be uh, eligible to play immediately for Rice in twenty twenty one, which is great. And if you think about it, he this will have been <laughs> the Louisville. So uh, a little bit of backstory: so he played for Nebraska. Uh, decided to transfer to louisville was on campus i think reports were for like a week and a half or something like that and uh, there was something some case where he and the louisville coaching staff did not see eye to eye on that situation so he he decided didn't didn't take financial aid didn't take any classes decided before he basically planted down at, at louisville to come to rice and so I, I believe so. It, he was he was already on campus or getting to campus by the time it was actually put out there. I believe by Louisville coach Scott Satterfield was the one who reported that he would entered the transfer f- portal on a radio show. Um, so that entire situation was crazy. But it also means uh, he's coming on to his his third school, and his instant eligibility waiver has already been been burned, so to speak. So you got to figure his familiar, familiarity familiarity. With Bloomgren, who's known him since probably he was what in elementary school at this point, early high school, a long yeah, while.
0: Yeah, he had to have been in. I mean, what was Christian a sophomore in 2015 when he was second in the highs? and I don't know if he was a redshirt or anything. So it goes um, back. Yeah, either way, Luke would have been like a in middle school probably when Christian was at Stanford.
1: So yeah, but yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's more or less here to stay like the high likelihood you have a guy who is a blue chip quarterback prospect who has a familiarity with the head coach going back maybe half a decade or longer this is christmas i know it's june but this is the absolute best case scenario that you could have asked for rice
0: yeah like i i don't think it is at all an overstatement to say that this Shifts the balance of power in the West and in CUSA as a whole, because Rice was already a team, in my opinion, that was right there as far as every other position on the roster, and it was just like, do they get decent quarterback play this year? And if so, they can be a contender in the West and in the conference. This uh, increases the likelihood of that quite a bit, I would say, because again, that's just the impact of of adding a guy with this kind of athleticism at the quarterback position change it. It just warps everything.
1: And I got a I got a number for you that kind of puts things into further clarity. We talked last week uh, when we were talking through the UTSA show because we were discussing whether or not Frank Harris was a second best quarterback in Conference USA. Wow. I still am not over that. But so we talked about McCaffrey, you know, is not going to be the stand of the pocket field general, but he's completed sixty four point eight, sixty four point eight percent of his passes in his career, which spans, you know, basically a, a little over a season, season, and a half of games. If I had you guess Carter out of the blue, where that would have ranked among returning conference USA quarterbacks last season, 64.8%.
0: Oh, uh, among all USA quarterbacks, I, everybody is coming back. <laughs> I cheated because I know that it's uh, no rice quarterback under this coaching staff has reached that mark, but Uh, along all the USA, I don't know if I mean, if Frank Harris is near the top, then I don't know. Is it first? Is it second? I'm setting you
1: up because it's first.
0: It is first. Okay.
1: (laughs) So, as of right now, quarterbacks who played last season, if McCaffrey had been playing in Conference USA, he would have been the most accurate quarterback in the conference. And he did that against Big Ten competition. Yeah. That's pretty good. All signs are are pointing up. You You got a guy who's mobile, you got a guy who has a good enough arm to get it done in the Big Ten and at a higher rate than any of his peers in Conference USA, has four years of eligibility, and the, the excuse, if you call it that, for Rice the past couple of years was they a quarterback away. This, this offense looks so much different when Mike Collins was at the helm last year and, and leading them up and down the field. Having somebody that is you know, all around more talented arguably the most talented guy Rice has had played the position in quite some time is pretty exciting. Cause now you're talking about, man, you know, not only can we win maybe another game or two with McCaffrey at the helm, and we're not going to go crazy, but this is a kind of player that is worth wins by himself.
0: Yeah. I mean, so Rice starts the year with Arkansas and UT and, is UH third, or do they have? Um, is it Texas UH and then
1: UH? I should know this. I've been staring at the schedule for long enough. Um, well,
0: it, it's it's the two cross. It's the two uh, in Houston squads that they're playing that are third and fourth. McCaffrey is absolutely the type of athlete that will not look out of place against those two Power Five defenses, and uh, and U of H is from the AAC. Like this, this is. Again, this is the guy who can turn the corner when, like, frankly, I saw a couple of plays where he made the wrong read and kept what he should not have on, like, zone read plays, which is, uh, like, sidebar, but that is an underrated skill that a lot of people underestimate how difficult that is for quarterbacks to make the right read in that moment because it seems so simple when you make that description. But, like, I watched him, like, make the wrong read against defenders from Penn State and have the edge guy right there to make the play and just not be fast enough. And if Four you do that against them, then... Four years. Watch out, <laughs> Conference USA. Oh.
1: Yeah, we could go on and on. We, we the, the the good news is it's June, and we now have months to talk about McCaffrey and his impact on the offense. And obviously, yeah, this, this changes things. And uh, it was, like you mentioned earlier, Carter, it was pretty interesting to see uh, basically, everyone across conference, USA media, and folks that we talk to, turning an eye and saying, "Oh, this is this is different." And I think other people are realizing that if Rice is going to have a quarterback of that caliber, it's going to make things interesting. So yeah, uh,
0: so we will have so much more to say about this over the coming weeks. I will definitely have at least a film room to come on him alone, if not more stuff. I've been meaning for ages to get a little stuff going from from when. Tui was uh, working in the Pac-12 and see what what he can contribute on offense. But there will definitely be something coming from me on uh, on McCaffrey and and certainly some more takes on the pot as well. But very, very exciting news uh, as Bryce football fans. Yeah, but, and you uh, mentioned
1: Coach Tui. I'll, I'll throw in one, one quick aside at the end. This was a dual threat guy in college who was really, really good with his legs. So uh, I didn't even think about that earlier. But getting to p- pair yeah. uh, a new eight... Oh, OC that has a has a skill set and a, and a background working with a player uh, like McCaffrey.
0: I don't think he's going to be shy about uh, about letting McCaffrey do what he does uh, as a runner. Let's say that.
1: Yeah, it's going to it's it's exciting times at South Main. I like it.
0: So anyway, we will have a lot more to say on this uh, in the coming weeks. So we're going to kick it on over. We're going to bring on Matthew Bruni and we're going to talk some North Texas being green. All right, and we are here now with Matthew Bruni, who covers UNT for Mean Green Two Four Seven. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me.
1: It's fun times. We were laughing and swapping stories before we came on, and and, and pronoun- name pronunciations. Uh, as someone who covers North Texas, uh, is is UNT acceptable? Do people get kind of bent out of shape? What's the uh, the proper verbiage <laughs> for that that school in uh, dinner?
2: U- UNT UNT is definitely acceptable. Um, I I don't think. I think fans are more appreciative whenever they're just talked about by people of the North <laughs> Texas region, that they don't get too picky or they don't, you know, UMT, North Texas, uh, anything other than Texas State, anything <laughs> other than that, and they're happy. Because that's what North Texas would be called back in the day. It used to be North Texas State. And so on the, I remember um, two yeah two years ago, I think, um, it was at SMU, and the PA announcer, or the, the box announcer, you know, in the press box it has this uh, announcer that, you know, does the play-by-play, and kept saying, North Texas State, North Texas State. And <laughs> the SID for North Texas kept telling him and telling him. He just like, he just
1: doesn't listen. He
2: just He's this old guy that kept forgetting. So anything other than that,
1: uh, they're good. That's funny. I laugh because all of the older generation of Rice fans, whenever they see a recruit, Post so thankful to get an offer from Rice University, they all get snippy. Like, mm-hmm. or no, or just, sorry, bleh, that yeah, that is correct. The University of Rice—that's what—that's what drives them off the wall. I, um, I, uh, I,
0: I, will say that the University of Rice drives me up the wall as well. That one,
2: is, <laughs> yeah. I've never. I, I was
1: gonna
0: say when you said Rice University, I was like, I know what
2: you you're like. That's <laughs> that's
1: right. We're I'm yeah. I'm already off my rocker <laughs> and starting the recording. So
2: yeah, University of Rice down I mean, we've even I've even seen a couple very rare seeing some recruits say north texas state and that's when i'm like where did you see that like this is just not even like on google i don't even know if that <laughs> it's would be. on google google knows yeah. it all man you I don't get too late 80s probably
0: you don't get too many university of rice what i do see sometimes and what also drives me crazy is when recruits tweet that they've got an offer and then they post an old athletic logo like the mid-2000s owl with, like, the yellow highlights in it from, like, when Todd was oh. head coach.
1: That was a one-year thing. I just, yeah. Yeah, because
0: yeah, because after Bailiff came in, like, one, they started using the Old English R on the helmet because, like, the Old English R used to be just baseball. And it was, like, right around when Bailiff became head coach that they started using it for other sports, too. But, like, there was also this owl that had, like, yellow highlights in it. And the owl That's they switched so to afterwards didn't have was just, like, blue and white and I see them God. use this logo and I'm like where did you like did you just google like have you not been sent any like graphics That's or anything
2: like that saying. by uh, the not do, the athletic department not them all right no.
3: university, this My logo, means,
0: this and right. Rice's athletic department is really good about like they're, they're really on top of like the <laughs> graphics and stuff these days like I don't I don't know where recruits are getting these it's like why is this this Todd Graham owl on my feet
1: right now. No, and, and the other thing that gets me, and I love that we've started on this tangent, it's great, is when, because the Rice, the graphics department, that and all the design stuff that Rice puts out is phenomenal, and they'll send all these kids these the, the graphics and the design, and it's right now their thing is flight school, and so it's all this branding, it's, which is fantastic, and they'll, they'll send them, but the, the recruits will take a screenshot of the image that's been <laughs> sent to their phone, and then they'll tweet <laughs> that, and so it's this tiny rectangle in the yes. middle with you know like <laughs> committed or, so, or, or whatever it is, and then there's the the third on top and the bottom of the black bars. Yes. And I'm like, like, man, you, this would have displayed really great on kids Twitter. You Gen Z,
0: and you don't know how to crop. That's what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> no, that's funny. Yes, no, that is a bad one. You just you know it's the whole damn.
0: Like uh, you, you just gotta do the screenshot, and then like. You just select it and you drag those borders that those borders down. It's not hard. Like everybody knows how to do that, right? Yes. Yeah, it's this,
1: and it's not North Texas State here. I mean, it's <laughs> kidding, kidding. It
0: doesn't it? Doesn't take it? Doesn't take intense Photoshop skills <laughs> to, uh, to be able to crop those borders off. Yet. Oh man, yeah. If they're gonna go to Rice, I'm
1: gonna go. I will, let me I will get say somebody on the always, phone. We'll put that on the application.
0: You always uh, know the Rice recruits on Twitter because when you check their bios, they have their GPA in them. <laughs> Like without fail. Yo, that's good. Anyone that's who good. tweets out a Rice offer has their GPA in their. <laughs> that's
3: good. No, see,
2: um, I helped out uh, about a month ago, and it's the same thing, right? It's the same type of rigorous academic standards. So I actually know
3: exactly what you mean when you say that.
1: <laughs> I'm going and scrolling right now because Rice just handed out a couple offers this week, and I'm pulling up their Twitter profile. You're right. GPA. Boom.
0: Every single
1: one. Boom! Both of them. Both <laughs> two this week. Both have the GPA in the bio. There you go. That is too funny. All right. So other than uh, split GPA results on Twitter bios for North Texas uh, players, can you? Uh, I guess kick us off, off off the top, Matt, with kind of your your state of the program. Where is North Texas at coming into the the 2021 season?
3: Well
2: they're coming off from of back to back
3: four. I mean, they
2: did technically make a bowl game last year at uh, 4 and 5 and then they went and played App State who was like an actual bowl team and end up just getting beaten into the ground. Uh gave up I think cool man. I want to I want to make sure I'm right, but I'm pretty sure it was 500 yards rushing in that App State game. Anyways, it's uh let me let me get it let me get it right since AP I don't 86
1: wanna... to 28
2: yeah, it was 56-28, but it wasn't even as close as ever in the yeah, game. Yeah, so, so we're we're talking
0: like a game that got major Apple White fired type of bowl game all right, right here. It
3: was disgusting.
0: So yeah,
2: uh, Cameron Peoples for App State had twenty two carries for three hundred seventeen yards, three hundred seventeen yards. There are other running back, one yards and one <laughs> touchdown.
0: Now that's I can just <laughs> so, sorry, six carries, one hundred and one yards. Yes, I'm, I'm, look,
2: look, like, I'm not joking when I tell you that they were in the same play. And got a touchdown on it, probably four or five times. The same run play, a little just couldn't tackle, couldn't fill a gap. Oh, wow. um, it was pretty good. Um, summarization of what the season was. <laughs> they were the they were the second worst defense in the country last year. Um, I don't remember who was last. I want to say it was UMass or something. Middle like Tennessee
1: that. gave up like six hundred yards to Army to start the year, so they might have been right there.
2: <laughs> hey man, Conference USA is something like Cynthia McCormick's a great running. You know the defenses is going against her. Uh, not the best
3: as far as. Running
2: hey, we so just like, had
1: we had Jared Kalmas from Underdog Dynasty on last week. You, you can't be throwing any sincere McCormick shade. It's <laughs> too fresh.
3: <laughs> no man,
2: I'm, I'm from. I think we talked about this before. I'm from San Antonio, so I, Jetson, I've seen a lot of players come out of Jetson. I actually saw them in high school. But regardless, North uh, it's a really tough year for them. It wasn't as good as the four and six record indicated. Um, so, you're looking at back to back seasons, And if y'all remember, the 2019 season was more with Mason Fine with all those seeds. That was the one that caught us off guard. Last year, we were expecting a little bit of a struggle. So, you know, that one kind of prepared us for it. It still wasn't pretty by any means. Um, so, going into this, this year, you have a really, really important year for Seth Patrell. And he changed defensive coordinators, brought in Phil Bennett, who used to coach at uh, Baylor, Arizona State a couple other places and you have a lot of returners in this team so you have a lot of returners and they went and brought in just basically in the country brought in a lot of guys so you have a mixture of experienced guys returning then you have some new guys also pretty experienced um mixed in there and you're looking at a year where um they have to I mean I think for Seth whatever hot seat or whatever later but it it's a year where he needs to probably make a bowl game. and I think six wins is a really you know doable goal, but it's a great team this year. So it's a it's, a, it's a, because three straight years of underachieving would not be a good look for for him for this program.
1: Yeah, and I I remember because we had you on about this time last year, and we talked about kind of maybe not the descent, but the the bump in the road at the very least for for Latrell, because this was a guy who he got I, I don't know if he was ever officially offered but he was in the mix to be the head coach of Kansas State in in twenty twenty yep. eighteen. 2018 mm-hmm. before they hired uh they got was it chris chris Kleinman. is that right from north Dakota oh. state sounds yeah. right Wh- whoever yeah. they hired not seth latrell yeah not seth latrell not seth latrell obviously uh but that was the point where he was the the golden boy who was going to uh oh who's the uh, Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady. He was, oh, I'm sorry, Joe yeah. Brady. Yeah, he yeah, was going to Joe, Joe Brady, Brady. Go from oh, this guy to like he's head coach <laughs> in the NFL at some point. But yeah, so what what happened? Did, did...
3: I?
2: It's been it's been talked about a lot. You try to coincide when things started going wrong with just different dates, right? So, for example, Graham Harrell left 18 season after that second nine 9-1 season. He went to uh, USC. And so a lot of people just, you know, Graham Harrell was, you know, Graham Harrell was uh, the offense, the great offensive mind. And obviously Seth is a good one, but, you know, Graham Harrell was, is this great guy. And, I mean, he's doing great things at USC, too, so maybe maybe they're right.
3: Um, uh,
2: as far as playmakers go, Rico Busty got hurt in that, in that 19th season. Uh, a couple of injuries happened. The, the defense just kind of fell apart. So there's a lot of, I guess, uses, but... At the end of the day, it was just Seth Luttrell, his first few years with this program, didn't recruit as well as he's doing. And North Texas is a school that has a good amount of funds pumped into its football program. Um, So there was no real excuse for that. He just didn't recruit very well his first couple years. And now he's getting them. And so the hope this year is that you get those guys that were their first or second year last year up to speed, ready to play, and ready to make, ready to impact the game, and so you have that depth. They didn't have any depth. You had receivers, um, you had uh, running backs playing linebacker. Obviously, some of that was the people sitting out, but still, um, there was not. You go from really being a top-heavy team that carried you to nine-win seasons with Mason Fine. I mean, look at the players in the NFL: Rico Busty, I mean, Rico Jalen Guyton, Jeffrey Wilson. Uh, you go down the list of, of top-heavy, even some defensive backs. You go down a list of a top heavy team in 2017 and 2018, and you lose those guys, and your depth is depleted. And so you get back to back four seasons. And now we're looking at a season where he has to win. So you go from Golden Boy to Hot really, real quickly in college football.
1: And where does, because you mentioned COVID, and obviously last season was, uh, you know, as well as both of us, <laughs> an adventure. But the, the eligibility relief I guess to some degree a lot of players have the option to come back I did check and Dion Noville is still on the roster yeah. uh, I still I think I have nightmares of watching him sack uh, Rice <laughs> quarterbacks still game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was sitting not too far from you in the press box as I don't remember who it was was giving the running total of like all right he has three and a half tackles for a loss if he gets one more he breaks this record Okay, is it four and a half? If he gets on, okay, is he six? He's at seven. If he gets to eight, and I was just like, make it stop.
2: <laughs> I don't know what got into him that game. That was incredible because he's good. He's really, really good. He did not have a game like that at any other point this season. It was. But so he comes
1: uh, back. Incredible. But what about just big picture? Uh, extra. Will Will they have that 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 much needed depth because they'll have a, a couple of veteran guys back? Hopefully.
3: Yeah, they'll
2: they'll have. I think so. DeAndre Torre, um Tight end Jason Purtle, who was okay last, he'd be great, but it was was there. And no, oh, I'm I'm forgetting, but basically those ones. So that gives you a strong foundation at the running back spot specifically. DeAndre Torrey coming back gives them a really nice one-two punch with him and Oscar Addaway. Um, like you said, Deionville is kind of going to be the the heart of what they're going to do inside the ball. Defense coordinator Phil Bennett, um, if he can. Create some chaos up there. He can be as good as he wants to be. Obviously, he wants to go and get drafted, so you know he's gonna have to play really well. Uh, Whether that's the fourth Bennett said, they're gonna be multiple, so you know he's gonna be kind of the heart of that defensive line. I mean, so going to back to your question, I think it does do them a lot for their depth because their defensive line depth is really good. Linebacker depth is good. Uh secondary is probably definitely shakiest part of this, this, but they have a lot of like could be good, right? So, they have like the way I looked at it is for three spots at the cornerback position, like just cornerback. I think their two safeties are set, but you have nine guys. So, just find three of them that can play and throw them there. Uh, but offensive line is huge as well. Uh, that's in the culture at North Texas is the depth of the offensive line. The first three, uh, where, you know, Mason Fine was getting killed and they had no offensive line, they were still putting up crazy numbers. Um, pretty good offensive line. I'd say it's top half and conference A pretty comfortable comfortably now. Um so yeah, I, I think and just the overall recruitment,
1: you know, transfer
2: portal players have all a breath of fresh air as far as goes. And that's that's comforting a little bit going into the year.
1: Well you, you touched about every position there but quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um Mason Fine yeah. is is not available, I believe.
0: <laughs> we <laughs> no, we player. as as uh... what is
1: he doing? now? he, he had CFL with, uh... offers at one point, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I believe it is. Oh, um, a long
1: time so, Rough um, Rider. Again.
2: Yeah, so he's he's a he's the backup quarterback right there because he was third string and one of the guys retired or something like. that. So I think he's the backup. Um, I have to double check. I know their season starts August eighth. Go support the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, <laughs>
1: man. We are covering all the bases here. I love it. Yeah.
2: So yeah, without him last year, anyone who doesn't know those two were basically snapped the entire season. It was very annoying for the fan base. Very annoying to you know people covering the team because you didn't know who was gonna start going into the day of the game and this season. It's funny because Latrell would never say who was gonna start like early in the week. He would always be like, "Oh, we're gonna keep our keep our not." And it's the about, worst. It took about four weeks. Like, oh, he's not—he's not keeping the secret. Like he doesn't know who he's going to start. And then secret—he legitimately doesn't know who he's going to start. Like <laughs> this is just go like slipping <laughs> like the quarterback. And I, for all we know, oh I don't man.
1: Know,
2: but
3: that's what it felt like. Obviously,
1: hey, as Rice like, fan, we've seen enough of Rice to to be able to relate. That yeah, <laughs> sometimes yeah. there is no answer, quarterback. Yeah. yeah
0: well, so, with the news so of the last uh, day plus, we've gone from the um. Fans and people covering the program at least want to talk about the quarterback position. To most wanting to talk about it, so. uh <laughs> Oh man, yeah, yeah, no, it was. It was uh,
2: just to give a quick recap, the whole thing last year was Jason could run, Austin he could, and the offense was made for a quarterback that could throw. Yet they still played Jason Bean, who could run for the most part. He so... had
1: like a what a seventy. Two seventy-four yard touchdown run against Rice or something like that. Oh, he could run. He could run One out. cut he and on go. Everybody.
2: He can run it out the building, but the thing is, oh, don't do that. No, no offense to Rice, but you know, uh, against better defense, it was it was a real struggle for him to throw the ball. So uh you look at, I don't even hey, hey, finish hey. the Rice team. <laughs> Hey, but I, no. There he, was, he, was
1: a there was, he, was a, so, a blown no, assignment no. on that run for the Rice defense, but running yeah. against Rice defense that typically is not something that happened very often. There you go.
2: There you go. There you go. Um, I, I know,
1: obviously, uh, but
2: it was a SMU fence, right? SMU. He goes out there and he can't throw Austin honey, at least a little bit. Like it wasn't like you were going from Tom Brady to. Lamar Jackson, who not good, not very good quarterbacks, and just being like, all right, well, who fits? And in everybody else's eyes, it was Austin Ani, but you know, they started Jason Bean for the most part. Uh, Austin Ani with Jason Bean goes to Kansas, stay in North Texas, brings in Jace Ruder, transferred from North Carolina, and now we're looking at starting quarterback position. And uh, Jace Ruder, so you're looking at, I tweeted that you anyone saw it, but. Austin Arnie is going to be a 28-year-old redshirt sophomore. Oh, and, baseball guy. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and Jace Ruder is going to be a 21-year-old redshirt freshman. So, you know. <laughs> Oldest you, average age of any quarterback room in the country. I don't i a lot of age here, a lot of experience. <laughs> a lot of, I mean, Ruder's been injured a few times, but he was a four-star guy coming out of high school. So, um, I, I the way I look at it, is he's been in the system for three years, so he has definitely the upper hand going into the fall. But if Jace Ruder is, you know, actually like a four-star guy and, like, actually plays like it, I think he's That's
1: why I'm I looking it. at his uh, North Carolina profile page right now. His birthday was this past week, so happy birthday.
2: Happy birthday, Jace Ruder.
1: So, wait, is he 27 now? or? no, I no, no have... that's off
2: awesome. that's on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How old is Jace Ruder? When, when does it have a date
1: year? Yeah, year? June 12th. It doesn't have the year. Oh, so. i I got some homework for you I got it let's see there we go but yeah we we just before we brought you on we were talking about of course Luke McCaffrey the most recent conference usa quarterback transfer is a is it possible that that and McCaffrey are, are duking and out for uh, best incoming or maybe best quarterback in the conference by the time <laughs> we get to the end of the season
2: Um, no there is you know, guys coming from big schools. You know, a lot of profile with them. Um, I haven't done my research on McCaffrey exactly, but um, I obviously know how, how good he is. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are two of the highest upsides in Conference USA. Yeah, I would, I think, at the the quarterback position. I'm trying to think, didn't
1: did, F,
2: did FIU get a guy or no? It
1: wasn't FIU. They still have Borton Borton Schlegel. But
2: yeah, Borton Schlager. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to butcher. Atrocious last year. Oh my god. But anyways, I don't. Don't don't even talk about FIU. Um, oh no no
1: no no! I'm forgetting Bailey Zappy. Oh, he's
2: Bailey gotta Zappi, be.
1: Weston, he, you know, oh, he's gonna, right. He's
2: gonna be good. He's gonna be good. I he like might that. be the he, best quarterback. In, yeah. Just right him, now. I Grant Grant Wells. People like him. You know. He, yeah. We'll see him. Without you know, as as good of a running offensive line next year. Uh, but yeah, that's that's probably the. I'm probably missing someone, but that's probably probably the group for the most part.
0: Man, I t- I totally forgot that Zappi and the entire. Houston Baptist <laughs> offense, uh, yeah. went, went straight from the CVS parking lot to Western Kentucky. <laughs> there is literally, what? I don't remember, it, it might be a Walgreens, but if you no, are you're in, right. the, you're in right. the stands at Houston Baptist, the on the opposite side of the field is like a, a CVS and its parking lot. Yeah, north,
2: north, I don't remember how <laughs> I came across that, but I did see that when I was doing my, I think that's it.
1: funny. Oh, yeah, an FAU Michael Johnson Jr. I think he was Penn State guy, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's a couple. Okay, so maybe the quarterback situation was was a bit dim last year, and it's going to get better. That's what I'm yeah, hoping can't, for. Can't
2: be worse. Can't be worse. So that's that's scary.
1: Okay. So yeah, we'll see. So maybe maybe a quarterback. Optimistic there, and then, but also no Jason Bean or no Jason Bean. Uh, you ha- no no Jason Bean, but mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Darden is the guy who I was trying to get to. His name starts with Jay. That's close enough, right? You were close. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, going with the Bucks <laughs> right now, I'm going to go catch passes from the uh, quarterback you mentioned earlier. I don't remember which current North Texas quarterback you were comping to Tom Brady. But, uh... <laughs> none of them, none of them. It was just, you know, <laughs> just, I don't even want to say Tom Brady. <laughs> but, but no Jalen Darden. And I, I watched Jalen Darden win football games by himself last year. And obviously, the offense has been... Is that a stretch?
2: No, it's not a stretch. I just immediately thought of the youth where every single they were on the field, it just felt like they were just throwing it to him and letting him run. And El Paso, UTEP was just like, oh, maybe we should do something about this. And then they were like, nah, nah. Because North Texas defense was so bad that UTEP... So the final score was 45-43. It disgusting
3: football. It was
2: <laughs> awful. Get up with eight receptions for a one one hundred and seventy three yards and four
0: touchdowns, um, very much shades of like yeah. T. Y. Hilton at Florida International exactly. in in like twenty eleven. Yeah, so that
2: that's that's what I mean because yeah, that was uh, basically what that was.
0: Jalen Darden, hero to guys uh, roughly our collective height. Yes, shout out Jalen Darden. <laughs> uh, we were five, we were comparing notes before the show, nine, and eight. I I am rarely uh, the tallest. In any gathering of more than two adult men, but uh, here we are, and I at five nine tower over my compatriots <laughs> here.
1: <laughs> I'm guessing Man, Darden, yeah. Darden would be taller than you. I'm just just spit He's on here. Li-
0: so he's listed at five eight, which means that he's actually probably like 5'7. Oh um, yeah, I was at
3: the
2: he checked in with no shoes. I believe it was going to get this wrong. I believe it was five <laughs> seven and three without shoes. Okay, obviously
3: that tracks.
2: All right, so yeah. give me
1: shoes, and I'm one Jalen Darden tall. All right. Yep,
3: there
1: you go. <laughs> there you go. What a guy. That's crazy. So, yeah, obviously he covered a lot of warts on the offense, but we saw – because when Fine was there, he was great, But and they had some really good receivers, but he made everybody look good. And so he, mm-hmm. it never felt really felt like Fine was leaning on anybody to, to kind of bail him out. So you mentioned a, a couple of the running backs – are there potential playmakers here that are gonna do a bit more? Or somebody's gonna have to step up, I guess. <laughs> do you have hope there at who it might be and if that's I mean, obviously you can't replace a player like Darden, but you can yeah. you can do something.
3: Well um so
2: J- Jair Shorter is a player at the receiver position that got hurt last year in game two, I believe three. Game three, I believe. Um, and number one outside receiver. Right. So you have Jalen Darden J- in the slot for the most part. And giant shoulder, Uh giant shoulder. He's like a, he's like a Mike Evans light. So he's like a North Texas You're
3: version. Of out, a lot of high, <laughs>
1: high comparisons here. <laughs> we're, we're
3: going in on the comparisons here. <laughs> all right, well, I mean, you know, I want to give you. I a, like it. I like it. Of, of who he can, he's just a
2: big with receiver. That's I saying. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> and he he's a good player, who can you know obviously go win battles down the field. Deontay Simpson. So this is the position group that I outside on the off most concerned with is the receiver one even though on paper they should be perfectly fine like they should have not have a problem being really solid or really um i just haven't seen it from there's no like a styling like the guys i named that guyton bussy and uh darden Um uh, so jair Shorter's injury deontay simpson had an okay year last year wasn't great as an elite uh he's still young obviously but you know those two are going to be leading the outside. Then you have, as far as they were freshmen last year, but you know COVID doesn't count the year. Two freshmen who I think are I think are going to be good. And then you have the transfer from Georgia and Tommy Bush, at six five or something like that,
1: and
2: spent three years at Georgia and didn't play, and just how good he's going to be. Like this is another one of those wow. This is a guy who had offers from everybody. Didn't play at Georgia. Now he wants to go catch passes just anywhere. And he comes to North Texas. And so he's kind of the X factor here because if he turns out to be 80% of how good he is, then you're looking at another you know, NFL caliber on this roster. And So between Bush, Shorter, and Simpson, I think those are, could break out. But like I said before, <laughs> this is a position group that I just don't know. I don't know enough. Like running backs, I know. Offense line, I know you have been four starters returning in a handful of other guys that could play. Receiver, I just don't. Well,
1: and you didn't even mention, because I think he caught a a bunch of fanfare when he committed Caleb Johnson. Yes, yeah. If I'm remembering that, that's picked North I, Texas I over Oklahoma. You I didn't even know. mention him.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't know how good he's going to be. I don't, can he start week one? Is he just going to step in and immediately be freshman Jalen Darden? Like, oh, like, that's the hope when they start. But um, there's there's a lot of receiving core is going to be really good, but I'm just like all right, well let's do. And you know, receiver is kind of reliant on core as well, so we don't know the quarterback situation. So how am I going to can't just evaluate the receivers like oh this guy's really good, so he's going to catch a lot of passes. You know, last year obviously didn't work that way. They just when you have Jalen Darden, it bailed them out a lot. So yeah, it's an interesting group. It's a talented group. Just you know, how is it going to pan out? I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, for, for their sake, they will be able to put something together because we're, we're still talking about if we want to bounce over to the other side of the ball. We mentioned Dion Noville's one Herculean game. Uh, but outside of that, you mentioned uh, a lot of new guys being brought in. But this is defense that last year was one of the I mean, I, I'm looking down the list right now, 13th in scoring, 13th in passing, 13th in rushing. Thirteenth uh, in total defense, and by my count, there were only thirteen teams in Conference USA that played <laughs> last year. I actually when didn't you're... have that thought until I was finished going through the list. I'm like, oh yeah, there was not a fourteen. When you said
2: thirteenth, I was like, what is he talking about? Like thirteenth, because I was thinking like, who was who, was, who like, was, was worse? Of, it's like, oh, oh, yeah. yeah I like, what?
1: So I didn't realize. Yeah, I knew it wasn't it. great, but yeah, it that's. Was
2: I mean, I'll I just yeah, it was it was really bad, and they. Clint Bowen, a defense coordinator from Kansas, who was at Kansas for a while. I mean, albeit not known for defense or anything, but still you're at Kansas and, and you come to North Texas and just nothing he tried worked. For. And so you just had a lot of confused people. You had a lot of, I mean, the only thing I will say, you know, the team's defense was that the COVID situation obviously knocked it out. They didn't play
1: without like any linebackers for like two weeks or something were, like yeah, that. They, were,
2: they didn't have really almost any linebackers. Um, defenses. The secondary was already thin and got hit a little bit. So I'll give that. To you we would go into games and, like, for instance, SMU, and we'd get the sheets of paper because they, they, I don't know, they didn't want to, like, I guess, just display or you know, put out memos of who was out for. They didn't say contact like
1: well, You know that's what it was.
2: And so they would just. Hey, I was thankful
1: when I got that piece of paper. Nobody else had handed me that information yeah, before exactly. the game.
2: So yeah, they would give us those sheets of paper and like the SMU game. All right, SMU has ten players out. North Texas, out. all right. So let's go play As, eats them by thirty. It's like um, what's the next team we played, Charlotte, and and Southern Miss. Same thing. Southern Miss just or had fired j Hobby one, I think, after week mm-hmm. one. And North Texas played them. I think week four after they had lost another or something like that. And Southern Miss again missing players. They. Everywhere, um, Jack. Abr-
0: Jack Abram- yeah, did you, play, did you play Southern Miss on uh, Coach like one, two, three, or four?
1: That's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it was it was the name of the,
2: set, of the second guy, Scotty, Scotty right? Scotty, something yes. like
1: that. Yes. Um, Conference USA um, Jeopardy. We're going to put that one in
2: there But still, you're looking at like going down the list of players. Like both teams are missing players here, and what does Southern Miss do they go and beat North Texas pretty handily? Right? Same thing with Charlotte. So. Um, I really give them a pass when game in a season, like that is a number that I can't. Forty three points per what? game, per season. Forty three points per game in a season, and so that's why everyone's defense, you know, getting getting back, getting you know, having talent and you know, new coach, new. I'm just like, you know, how much of a change it's gonna have to be just to go from forty three
0: to like thirty. Yeah, I Man. assume the new defensive coordinator has promised to be uh. Uh, what do they always say? Aggressive and multiple? Yeah, multiple is <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, Lee, how did you know? crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, I've been studying that scheme. Just grinding the tape.
2: Multiple and aggressive,
0: yeah. But, you know, not too aggressive.
2: Just, like, just aggressive the perfection, the to force turnovers. That's what it always is. You know, we're, we're not going like, to, we don't want to be overly aggressive to get B. We're just going to be aggressive enough to where we're forced internally. It's
0: like, oh, okay. All right, it's gonna be perfect, I guess. I mean, I'm just waiting for the day, some because honestly, it's a very good strategy, and you see a lot of teams have success <laughs> with it. But I'm, I'm just waiting for the day a, a new defensive coordinator comes in and says like, "No, we're not going to be aggressive at all. We're going to drop eight every single play and keep everything in front of us." Because yeah. like a lot of teams play pretty decent defense doing yeah. that. So, yeah, uh, that's, exactly. That's that's
2: kind of what North Texas had to do the last two years once they realized, oh, anything in a three three five, we can't get any pass rush. We can't stop the run. Uh we're going to kind of just hope that they throw into zone throw into our really soft man. It just never works. So, um yeah. but it's still been get I mean everyone says that people or I mean players type, type of coach, I guess. So, I've seen players kind of light up when they talk about them. so maybe, but at the end of the day, the players making plays and last year these players did not make plays. However, you know, indicates the they just, you know, it's hard for me to believe that you're going to take not just one strike forward, because one stride forward would be going from forty three to like thirty six. You have to go from like forty three to like eight. Like that, that's that's yeah. what.
1: For. Well, in some context, so North Texas did have the number one scoring offense in Conference USA, but only put up thirty five points a game, uh, thirty four point <laughs> four. So a, a touchdown, of course, which is probably you kind of experienced that firsthand. But you kind of got me back in thinking to when when Rice and, and Brian Smith, the defensive coordinator, he came in. Uh, a couple years ago, Rice was allowing 36 points per game, which is, I guess, better than 43, but is not good. Yeah. And you've kind of seen that transformation over the past mm-hmm. couple years. So 2018 at 36, uh, 29. I'm looking at it now. Rice was at 26 points per game allowed, mm-hmm. and then last year, 18.8, which yeah. I think was uh, 12th in the country, which was pretty yeah. good. So, uh, and that's a about a, a touchdown to a touchdown and a half. Transformation per year. If you get somebody who has who knows what he's doing, and you get the right talent in there, yeah. So
2: I, I have a question. Does it feel? I know Blaze Aldridge, probably the guy, but over the past couple of years, has it felt like Rice has had I don't know spiritual throwaway, but like a I guess spiritual leader sense, like a guy who everybody kind of rallies around on the defense side of the bowl? Has that been Blaze Aldridge?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
2: I would say from so. A, from a North Texas perspective, I don't feel like they have anybody. Like that. And that's where I feel like they need. The linebackers are good, but they're not, they're not Blake Aldridge or they're not, you know, these players like UAB, UC like Chris Moll and guys like that. They're not monsters. like. That. And then, so can, but last year, Deion Neville didn't quite put a, have the year uh, for it. Um So, I'm thinking and I, I'm going to throw these, I'll be on the record, even though this isn't a hot take for for most people in Denton or anything, but Gabriel Murphy and Grayson Murphy are two guys, Murphy twins, that might have to be the leader on this team as far as emotional leaders. Two defensive ends, uh, super high-rated coming out of high school, I want to say 85, and two of the top-rated guys in that 2019 class, and so they'll be going into year three now, I believe. And yeah, year three, and last year they showed flashes and they can both kind of break out and really be real uh terrific on the on that edge and dangerous on that edge and I'm hopeful that those are the guys that can kind of take that leadership role as far as uh emotional leadership goes because they just haven't had that at all in two years, especially,
1: yeah, it's funny you mentioned that with Blaze because he came in as a Juco guy, and his first start he got against would have been Southern Miss in 2000, and would that have been the 2018 season or 2019? Yeah, yeah it would have yeah, been the 2018 was, it season. It was partway through Bloomberg. Yeah, so his first start got got put into that game because somebody else got hurt. I'm pretty sure it had his first career interception in that game, so came out pretty strong, and they just kind of never let the job go, and so he wasn't the guy that was really you know brought in with the fanfare. He just kind of Took his spot more or less yeah. and, and didn't let it go.
2: Yeah, junior college guys are always kind of good at that because that was North Texas in 2017 and 2018. Obviously, 2017's defense wasn't that good. 2018's defense actually was the one good defense under the Trail was 2018, and they had two junior college. No, I know for sure one was and EJ. Another one, Brandon Garner. Because I don't, yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't junior college. He kind of fed off of EJ. Uh, you know, leadership. So you had two kind of just dogs at linebacker and that kinda of helped them out and fed from the other players and since those those two left and then you had some corners that have been in some camps in the NFL, Nate Brooks and uh team Hall. So, um you know, it's it's that's just one thing I think of. I haven't really brought these one else or anywhere else. It's just something I just think about is I see all these defense, you know, leaders in in important places and North Texas hasn't had that the past couple of years. So that was kind of a side
0: tangent.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, it'll be it'll be a good test for Rice because that, you mentioned Blaze Aldridge; he's not here anymore, so yeah, somebody's yeah. gonna have to step up.
0: It does just like purely anecdotally seem to kind of make a difference for defenses, maybe even more so than offenses. To just kind of have that that one guy who's yeah, like the alpha dog, you know, the, yeah. the, to well, use a kind of tired all, metaphor there, but yeah. like a, a guy who. Gets everybody else in line and focused, and and is kind of that captain on that side. Yeah, on
2: on offense, we kind of just
0: automatically give back,
2: like regardless if they're good or not, it's just
0: oh, it's your job. Like
2: yeah, that's kind of how I feel like we approach it today.
1: Yeah, now you got me thinking. It's interesting. DeBraylon Carroll is going to eat people in the trenches, so he, he might. I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> he might be that that guy who comes up. I, I know who the loudest person on the defense is going to be. And that's going to be Gabe Taylor. I can I just book that right Ooh, now. Okay, I like that loudest like verbally. He will be talking. Um, I think he's a very good player too. Uh, but you know he Bryce is pretty deep at safety, so we'll see what that rotation looks like. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. Now I got some homework <laughs> for sure. But it'll be goodness, and it, it'll be goodness, man. I'm telling you, close. I'm, yeah, close enough. I'll give it to me. I, I'll give it to me. What I was going to say, you kind of hit on a little bit of this. We're going to get you out of here. I don't remember if we prepped you or not for the lightning round, but you, you played not. last year. Okay, so this is good. We want to we want to make it as organic as possible. So uh, there are, I was going to say there are no right answers, but there might be. Uh, you'll know if you get it wrong. How about that? Um, okay. We'll mm-hmm. run you through pretty We'll be we'll be nice. We'll run you through pretty quick. Uh, quickest answer right off the top of your head. Uh, don't think too much about it. Just uh, what, whatever's on your mind. Deal.
3: All
2: right. Sounds good. Let's do it.
1: All right, and then we'll get you out of here. So we'll start off easy. Who leads the team in touchdowns this year for North Texas? Is this is this like skill position or? Something? Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, uh, Oscar Adway. You sure? Yes, Oscar Adway, running back.
1: Alright, who leads the team in sacks? Gabriel Murphy. Alright. What player is not gonna be on a preseason all conference team? But he should be.
2: Uh. Who, um give me give me I want uh, Upton stout corner, cornerback, second year player.
1: This is good. Last year we had Jared throw out a third string tight end. So I'll I'll get
0: yeah, I like this is this is a good addition to the lightning round. This one makes people people reach to a point on the depth, depth chart okay. to a to a guy we haven't heard of before.
2: Because I was going to say offensive to line Manasse of Rammer, but I think both of those guys are going to the second team. Mosi should be. Yeah, they, both yeah. of those guys I think should. Be.
1: There we go. All right. See, we're learning too. All right. And we'll jump back in uh who's going who's the team MVP for North Texas in 2021?
3: Who uh team
1: MVP?
2: I'm just going to go out on a limb.
1: Level of confidence?
2: Five. A would have to win the job and B do it. So it's not just one thing. To, Is this
1: to... out of 10, out of 5, out of yeah, 100? Yeah, out of 10. All right. And then if North Texas doesn't win the West, who does? Man. Uh, U-T-S. Ooh. UTS. Spicy. Yeah, UTS. You're bolder on I...
0: that than Jared was last week. <laughs> what?
1: A... He gave it to UAB.
2: Yeah, I I could see that. I, UTSA may beat the hell out of North Texas in the Alamo Dome last year, and I was there. Uh, no, I I think that if they can just get a stable quarterback, I I think that they are
0: better than. Every- All right. Well, you know the UTSA fan base is sort of a chesty bunch, just naturally, which is interesting <laughs> considering that their program has existed for less than a decade. Oh, like whatever.
2: You, do, you don't you don't have to do UTSA alone. And my dad. Hyping them up when they did He's like, "Oh, did you see how close? They, did you see how close they played? Uh, BYU? Like, yes, yes, Dad. I saw how close they." Played. And he's like, "Oh, they're gonna win their bowl. They, they didn't win their
1: bowl game, but
3: yeah." So I,
2: I, they
1: haven't even been yeah. old enough to be called state, <laughs>
0: right? Right? Yeah. right? You yeah. have someone. I think I think played. Jared feels like he has to embody the the rational side of fandom for them because nobody else in that fan base is.
2: No, I yeah. I understand that. I understand that completely. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to be like,
0: no, or this is the most likely outcome.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And we'll open it up. Uh, Almost done at the end. Uh, Whole conference wide. If North Texas doesn't win Conference USA, just in case, uh, who who does? (laughs) You pick UTSA for the West. uh, You like them for the whole thing or somebody from the East?
0: I got burned here. Hold on. Um,
1: Oh, yeah. They were going to be good, and then they weren't. Yeah, not at all.
0: Um, I mean, do, you, do you want to get on the Zappy train? I guess is the question yeah, here. <laughs> the first um, see, Zappy train
1: might be fun, man.
0: Oh,
2: it's gonna be a lot. of Yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. It could be. Let's get him some receivers. Uh, it might, might be my number up. one,
0: my like number one non-Rice USA team to watch <laughs> this year because I'm,
1: I'm, and Rice, good. Rice does play Western Kentucky, so
0: yeah, I, I'm gonna really be real
2: interested to see what that offense looks. Like. Yeah. Um, hold on, Grant Wells. I'm gonna
1: spicy.
3: It's either FAU or
2: West. I am feel like I'm forgetting a team. Middle, FAU, Marshall, Western, uh, Old Dominion's not going to win it, and Charlotte. Ooh, Charlotte. No, Charlotte's not going to win it. So, uh, Western like kind of a default answer just because they're always, you know, up there. I don't know. put me on the Zappy train. I think I All right. All like uh, right.
1: This is this is the Zappy train. Man. Western,
2: Kentucky, and UCSA in a conference championship the, game. The Zappy something. Express?
0: That, should, we go with, should we go with that we'll, instead we'll
1: workshop it there has got to be something we'll,
0: we'll upgrade be, them if uh if they're actually good when the season starts we'll upgrade them to the zappy Express how about that
1: yeah there you go yeah he's on the coal uh coal-loaded train right now maybe we'll get up to steam
2: <laughs> exactly uh, yeah that's,
1: that's... there we go I mean, last okay
2: year, last part, page <laughs> previewing every team in the conference and so that helps a lot you take it as it comes
1: yeah, it's a good thing that I didn't write down tens of thousands of words about things about every team for someone to oh, hold yeah, be accountable yeah, yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <There
1: you go>. <laughs> <laughs> well, which is a plug. The uh, the twenty twenty one preview is going to be coming out uh, in a couple weeks out will date for you guys. It'll be it'll be fun. I'm sure I'll be wrong about a lot, but you know, people still listen at least, to
3: us. At least there's not like COVID
2: stretches of time with COVID this time. So you know, hopefully, at least you would hope. <laughs> not Nothing
1: that was the craziest thing comparing because i had the the schedules written out for 2020 when i put the preview together last summer or i guess last last spring and going back and saying okay this was the schedule they were supposed to play this is the schedule they actually yeah. played and going and putting a five game schedule for rice i was just like what happened i've already kind of blanked it out just absurd just absurd it's... all right we we've we've yeah, we've devolved into the uh, moderately paced round, uh, but we'll close you out on the last one. Uh, is Seth Seth Luttrell at North Texas at the start of the twenty twenty four football season? I think
2: it was. I don't think he's was twenty
1: twenty three. I was gonna move. So I said twenty twenty four to start. Twenty I, I twenty three was the line I was gonna put in.
2: Oh man, 2022 is gonna make me think. I know. I mean, 2023. I'm.
1: I'd put, you know, wager down on that.
2: Uh, 20 a little bit on on my initial point of saying he was on a hot seat. Um, if they don't go six and six, I don't see a way in which he's back. I just don't. I don't see it. Maybe if they play really in all their games and you know keep it close with uh, their liberties and Marshalls and bees and all that, but I'm going to schedule. There's probably only four given, and that's probably so. Um, you see, I, I I'm pessimistic, but yeah, after two years of just getting you know hammered, it's hard to be optimistic.
1: Yeah, I'm looking right now. Rice in North Texas is a Halloween game. Mm-hmm. I honestly couldn't tell you. Well, it's October 30th, but that weekend, I honestly couldn't tell you who's going to be favored in that game right now. Well, it's I mean, it, t- I,
2: I would say I would say Rice because North Texas. That that's the uh hold on let me this. it's in
1: Houston, saying. yeah. And that'll be probably six seven weeks for both schools to show off their shiny new quarterbacks.
2: Well, no, but here's <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know. If it, have y'all looked at North Texas' <coughs> schedule?
1: Uh, yeah, I just had it pulled up right here. Yeah,
2: it's like it's not favorable at all. So you have Northwestern, then you go Southern Miss, UAB, La Tech, Missouri, Marshall, Liberty as the next six games.
1: You tell me where they're going to win again, Marshall? Man, Liberty, Liberty's quarterback is like a first round. He's getting first yeah. round draft. No, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. We're
3: talking
2: about Malik, a defense,
1: it Malik Willis. Up,
2: yeah, Yeah, it used to just be at Auburn. The season, uh, just came off the season oh, last season. That, so and that's why I say Rice. There's a good chance North Texas comes in. Let's say they win one of those games. They're going to come in two and so yeah, two and five. Rice, you know, let's say they're three and four, four and three, whatever. That's just record alone would come in Rice right favorite and at home. So, yeah, that, that's my thinking for that. But, yeah, and then you throw Rice in there. So, seven game stretch where they better pick up some upsets in there. Or else it's going to be a long year. The only stretch they have is UTEP and FIU. Because even, I mean, I don't know how good this is going to be exactly. Just with all the turnover and whatnot. So, let's say Southern Miss, UTEP and FIU is a three game stretch. Games 9, 10, and 11. That they obviously just and then you I mean, take up the, the Northwestern State win, and then you hope to win two other games at some
1: point. So, If they don't shore up that run defense, Frank Gore Jr. is going to run for 300 hey, yards. Hey,
0: Deion Hankins
2: might run for 300 well,
1: yards. Well, and and with,
0: with I don't, I don't Scholes, know if this is a hot I take. take Price
1: but, from FIU? That is, that is pretty, pretty good running backs.
0: Yeah, well, last year we had a stretch where every guest we got on this show in the summer previewing their team was like, oh, so and so has got the best running back in conference USA, <laughs> and like I think we've all settled on sincere McCormick now. Last last year, everybody was like, "Oh, oh, this guy's yes, that amazing." Was <laughs> I said yeah, was figures.
2: the year before was um <laughs> a train. He was a train, but the thing is, at the end of the year in 2019, he tore his ACL, and last year he didn't. I'm sorry, he had a broken kneecap or something like that. Uh, and so I probably should accounted kind for of that more. But no, it's uh definitely r- running backs and receivers one thing i've learned and obviously i haven't been in in the coverage of college football for a long time but i've been long enough to where i know every much or probably ninety percent of fan bases think they have really good groups at running back and receiver. that's what like 90 percent <laughs> of i feel like fan bases just
3: feel like oh
2: we're set at receiver oh we're set a back. and so that's hey, but, you know, but what that's if what if we do
3: <laughs>
1: That's I was gonna say. Hey, it's, hey, I, I will say I, this. I feel that way about Rice. So. I will say this. <laughs> after watching, and and this was after the North Texas game. By by the time Rice got to their final game of the season against UAB, I don't know if you know this. Rice had one scholarship receiver available to practice, one, and he was yep. hurt. He practiced hurt and played hurt.
0: Yeah, I did not feel that way about Rice at the at, as of like December first last year. No, but going into the year,
2: and that's why I laugh at these But you know, that's why I look at the receiving core like, all right, these guys are. Over.
1: I hear your point. I, you got to do it. We don't
2: know. We don't know how good they yeah. are.
1: We
3: have no
2: idea. So, and those are two positions to do their jobs right. The running back, you need offensive line. You need quarterback and offensive line. It's it's a weird, it's an interesting dichotomy.
1: This is why we we need smart, well reasoned people to come on and and talk some college football sense every once in a while.
0: Well, you don't I mean, think we just, should just invite the Randers who yell at us on Twitter about how good their squad is? We could
1: Open mic night on the roost pot. <laughs> I've, I,
0: yeah, no, that's, that's a play. Just have, like, a call-in segment <laughs> Just tweet out call this. I still need to go back and find the, the North Texas guys who thought that Rice had stolen their, like, Oregon wing helmets from,
1: oh, like, yeah, four that or that five was years ago. Yeah. No, so, it, was, like, it was, like, two years ago.
0: Yeah, well, no. so so Rice wore these helmets several times in like, uh, like 23, like when they were making bowls under David Bailiff, like like mm-hmm. 13 to 15, and they had very clearly stolen the design from Oregon under Chip Kelly.
1: And then... And like high school football teams in Texas, like it's not a new...
0: Yeah, yeah. And a couple of years ago, there were uh, some North Texas fans who thought we had, that Rice had copied the uh, winged helmets that... That North Texas likes to use, and so I I hit them a little citation from some uniform sites about like when Rice had first used the uniforms, and I was like, first of all, they're not even like they're not yours to begin with, like let alone about who used them first, but like Rice definitely used them first, and weirdly enough, they were not receptive to my corrective <laughs> corrections
1: on that's inter- weird the <laughs> hubris of Conference USA oh, that's just peculiar.
2: Uh yeah, they should know that. Pretty Much anything before like 2014, they just had the word North Texas right now for the most part. Like, I mean, there were times where they had but for the most part, a lot of the years North Texas on the side of the helmet. If you like, if you go play NCAA, it's just pretty ugly, just North Texas on them. But hey, like, what do you end
3: I don't
1: know, but it is. But uh, we do want to say thanks for, for having you on, and where can we find. You writing about North Texas or talking about North Texas or conference USA or transfers or whatever else we hit on in this. <laughs> uh
2: yeah, uh the underscore um wanna follow just North Texas stuff specifically, it's at Mean Green Two Four Seven. Uh Mean Green four seven dot com and our content. Um as far as podcasts though, it's Rooney breakdown, uh you can search that on Apple or, or more no, let's just say Apple. Um and yeah, that's pretty, pretty much it, pretty much it. But yeah, it's an uh, interesting time of the year, obviously, with everything picking up, so most of the stuff's recruiting. I'm actually doing a top 25 players series, so yeah, maybe that, that'll interest some people. I'm at, I've done 25 through 15, or through 16 at the moment, so,
1: yeah. All right, and you mentioned in the podcast, I remember we talked about this last year because you told me to go back and listen to the podcast after Rice beat North yeah. Texas. Cause y'all, re- you, you will, cause it was it was the game in Houston, and y'all drove back to Denton, and yeah. you recorded it at like one o'clock in the morning, and I did go back and listen to it, and oh, it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was
2: crazy. Oh man, those podcasts we did, were like you know, we
1: just recorded tomorrow
2: <laughs> after losses. A lot of times we just recorded to Denton Idaho, and you could just feel like the raw emotion and just how weak it was. It was an unforgettable. Level of <laughs> so,
0: so yeah. That was that was yeah. After losses, you always want to get those uh those raw feelings on the pod. The best way <laughs> best way to get the content out it's of it like, is otherwise. Yeah, it's just like- we'll it's keep like, that in mind.
2: Oh, oh, we just lost the star in the second half and a hail mary basically <laughs> to win to lose the game. Let's guess. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, what a time!
1: Is it uh, probably a good advice for the, the the football team that we didn't take you up on that? Uh, a couple years ago.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh man. Well, yeah, crazy,
2: crazy. But conference you the saying It's been a fun conference to to watch over the past couple of years. So hopefully it continues to be eventful and enjoyable this year without the COVID situation.
1: Yeah, we won't be bored. I'll tell you that. Bold yeah. prediction.
2: Yeah. There you go. Hopefully I get another viral yeah.
1: tweet. As long as it involves the rice field, go going through the uprights, so you can tweet yeah. whatever you want. <laughs>
2: Man, who I I still cause when I recorded that I was like surely had saw this,
0: like surely,
2: and then I just tweeted, and it's like oh nobody saw this.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I was too For busy. For the record, line, we were we were I talking was about that like right literally before. lying face down into my carpet in the living room.
3: That game was crazy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Rise right and See you in my bedroom one one. It was a, it was a Saturday, right?
3: Saturday, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I think because North Texas played late that night or something. I don't remember. And, and, and you know the rewards? I, I, I said to I deserve this. For watching, <laughs> for watching, for watching the random. I mean, between Rice, I think, was 0-1 at the time or something like that. No, it, uh,
0: it was their first game of the year oh on October 24th.
3: Yeah, in Middle Tennessee. was just
2: not, not great at that time. My right? God, so, the
0: range of emotions in that game. Yeah. It was wild. Um, I, was, I was like, I deserve this. I deserve to get 2 million views on this video.
1: <laughs> and like, for the record, we're, we are talking. I think we hit that right before we hit record. We were talking about this—the quadruple doink that Rice hit the field yes. goal that yeah, was I not, yeah, I guess was not that Matt Matt tweeted out, and I retweeted, and, and I just watched it because oh, my phone was exploding too because I retweeted it. and I was just like, <laughs> "What is going on?" But as it was crazy because I, I was so I was sitting in the in the press box at probably my seats probably on the. F- on the i was probably on like the 40 yard line ish Mm -hmm. or so on that side of the field so i had a pretty good view and i saw it was one of those and you can only relate to it as someone who watches like just sports is you it's in slow motion in real time Yeah, yeah like i saw it doink and then i saw it doink again and then i just like you're watching it just like and nothing, the world has stopped and it's just the ball going ricocheting. It was it was the most surreal thing that I might have ever seen covering a sport event. Yeah. Like, Gosh, yeah, I couldn't believe it. we were supposed to bury that and you brought it up. Hey, that was that
0: was a really good conversation. That was a lot of fun. I had to bring it back
1: up. Uh, now it's on yeah. for all here. All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta
0: cut this. We can't do this anymore. I'm I'm having yeah, I'm,
1: emotional trauma. Having,
0: yeah. having some PTSD yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks again for hopping on with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we we really enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully, y'all that are listening enjoyed it as well. Thanks for sticking out with us. Uh, we will be back next week with uh more previews because the 2021 season uh continues to approach quickly uh but thanks for sticking with us and rise fight this show was edited and produced by carter spires it features music from joseph mcdade